living in the kingdom of heaven, you know, that's that place of, of peace and joy and, and love and even contentment beyond your circumstances. And that word content, I mean, I love the way Paul said, you know what? I, I'm content when I, I abound. In other words, when I have prosperity and I stay at someone's house and they have lots, I'm content. I, I am content when I'm abased. When he was in jail, he was content. And he didn't change. He just stayed the same, rejoicing and praising and keeping his eyes on Jesus. And we're to be the same too. We're not supposed to be up and down and up and down and up and down. We're supposed to be living in the kingdom of heaven on this earth even those circumstances are, are really hard. And one of the ways we do that is we have to open up ourselves to let other people bring us up and help us. And, and that takes humility to be able to say, you know, I need help or I appreciate your encouragement, do it more. Um, all of that takes humility, but we need to be open to that a lot more than we are. Um, you know, sometimes we're praying to God for the answer and praying to God for the answer, and God has the answer hidden in other people, but if we block out other people and kind of close down, then we're blocking out the answer. God says all along that we're going to need the body, the body of Christ, and we're all, as as Christians who have received Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, we are part of his body with different elements and different parts, and if, if you block out, you know, if you walk around and say, well, I'm, I'm an ear and that's all I need, then can you imagine a body that just shut down and that's all it had was an ear and it wouldn't, you know, say it itched. What's it going to do, you know? An ear might itch. Well, it has to have the hand. God didn't make it where the ear could itch itself. <laughs> and if your ear can itch itself and kind of like squeeze together and do that, I don't want to know. I don't even want to know. But me, if my ear itches, I have to use my hand. And that's the way that we are. We have to be able to be humble enough to realize that we're going to have needs, hurts, wants, so many things that God has actually set up. We can't, we don't have our own answer. Somebody else has our answer. And we have theirs, perhaps. And that's why when we as a body um, live in the kingdom of heaven and encourage one another and encourage one another no matter what the circumstances and prefer one another and help one another, um, the body becomes stronger and stronger. And, and then when one of us says, you know what, I'm not really affecting anyone else, but I'm just going to kind of walk away from all this or I'm going to stay in my anger or I'm going to stay in my unforgiveness or whatever, you affect the whole body, not just yourself, not just you. There is no such thing as us four and no more if you're a Christian. It's more like us, you know, billions and more. We all affect one another. So that has nothing to do with what I was going to talk about today. It just kind of came up in me for some reason. When we want to live in the kingdom of heaven, what we've been talking about is that it's so simple. When you hear the word, when you read the word, when you see the words in red, when you realize what Jesus has said, when you see what the, the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, you learn about love, you hear and do, hear and do. And the problem is, for most believers, or a lot of believers, and I go and speak in different churches at different places, it's the same everywhere. There are so many believers that are really wasting their own time because they hear and hear and hear and hear 
and they can memorize and they can, you know, highlight their Bible and they can stand up and tell you what the verse is, but they don't do. I mean, they don't do. And, and I know that in my life I've been the same way. I mean, how many scriptures have I read about taking offense or how many scriptures have I read about um, forgiveness or not going to bed angry or whatever, and sometimes we just dig in our heels and we do our own thing. And I just want you to keep in mind that when you do that, you're not just affecting you. You are affecting the whole body of Christ. We're to hear and do. Hear, that's the simplest thing. And people are like, gosh, you're talking about the kingdom of heaven and living in, in peace and joy and contentment and being able to just have this communion with Jesus at all times and just feel his love and see his beauty around. Um, and we all do that in different ways, by the way. I'm not saying you're going to all of a sudden be this touchy-feely, lovey-dovey person that you weren't before. But I'm saying that you will have this um, intimacy with the Lord that's constant and not one time a year or never. It will just be constant because you're staying with him. You're hearing and doing. That's the way to stay in the kingdom of God. But all of us do it in different ways, you know? Um, I think about, like, Peter and John. They're so different. They, they both walk with Jesus and love Jesus, and, but they're so different. And, and I could just see, like, Peter and John walking down the road and John stopping and saying, Oh. Look at the lilies of the field and how they're clothed. And remember what Jesus said and Peter going, you know what? Come on, yeah, that's, they're a pretty lilies, cute bird. We've got some sheep to feed. You know, because Peter was real like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Feed the sheep, let's go. And then John was like, I'm the one Jesus loves. And, you know, he even wrote that way. This is, a le- this is from the one Jesus loved. And he was just a very loving, kind Man, I think he drove Peter crazy, but that's just my own personal opinion. And I actually heard another speaker say that, too, and I agree. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, though, not only are you to hear and do, there's a huge thing that I want to talk about today and probably for the next couple days. And you don't just hear and do, you also hear and do something that Jesus did all the time, and that was he daily denied himself. And that's so foreign to us, especially in America. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's Luke 9:23. Dying to self denying yourself. And I'm not talking about you see a piece of chocolate cake and don't eat it and you're like, I'm so holy, I just denied myself. I'm like, Jesus, that could be depending on what God's telling you to do or not do. I'm talking about don't assert your own rights all the time. Denying yourself means you don't need to defend yourself. If someone is out speaking bad things about you, you just don't need to defend yourself. Because you say, you know what, I'm, I'm really just, living in Jesus and Jesus is in me and God's my avenger and I kind of feel sorry for them if they don't stop, you know. Just don't need to defend yourself. When you deny yourself, you're putting other people before you. You're, you're loving other people and you're considering their needs before your own. And you know, that's an exciting way to live. It really is because whenever 
I get in that mode, and we all do, because it's just our sin nature. If we're not reminded of this, that part of our hearing and doing and hearing and doing is to deny ourselves daily. And I love the way Jesus said daily, because it's not like you do it one time, like you receive Jesus and go, I deny myself. Okay, that was over with. Now I can go back to just being me. You know, it's a daily decision. Waking up in the morning and going, God, today, every day, but I just want to say today, you have control over my schedule. I have so started to do that. And it feels so good because otherwise you really are like a racehorse going out of the stall. And you just, you kind of don't know where to go. And if you've got my personality, you want to run somewhere fast, you know. And God sometimes has us going on a different road. And it's not all about the destination. See, everyone has a different personality, but I'm very destination-oriented. Like, you just get there, and then you've got to have another destination. And you get there, and it's not about that. I remember Corey Ten Boom talking about being in Africa, and she was going to go and speak to a large group of people, a crowd in Africa, and these sweet African men were taking her there and they were in this little rickety car and they'd see someone on the side of the road that needed a ride and they'd stop and chat with that person and find out how they are in their life and pray for them and then ask them if they needed a ride. And so then there would be this little rickety car with now four people and then they'd see somebody else on the side of the road and stop and and chat with them and ask them if they needed a ride and then there would be this little rickety car going down the road in Africa with five people and then six and seven. She said there were so many people that she felt like the car wasn't going to move anymore but she was just getting kind of nervous because they had wasted so much time, you know, and she thought we're never going to get to the conference. We're never going to get there and they'd wasted so much time in her mind and so you know that like some of us do it really well where no one knows, but we're like sweating inside because we just want to like get to where we're going and somebody's driving us crazy because they're not like that driven type A personality. And we're just like, so I'm sure she was just kind of like, let's go, let's go. And they said something to the effect of, you know, it's not about the destination. It's what she learned. They said something in their actions to her that it's not about the destination of the end result. It's, it's all about the way. It's all the journey. You know, Christians are actually called the way. And I thought about that a lot. I thought it's, it's all about the journey. It's not about the final accomplishment. It's all about what you do along the way. And we have this idea that we've got to do something really big for God, or what's my next project? I've got to know, or... I've got to just finish this. Or I used to be that way as a ministry. I was like, okay, you know, someone said, I'm going to offer a radio. And I was like, we're going to do radio. And, da, 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 da. and I just realized, you know, later on, you know, we needed to have, first of all, the right people in the office. And then we needed to have the right website. We had, I mean, God had a way. And then I didn't know I was going to have all these back surgeries in the meantime. And so he just has a way of doing stuff. And I need to stop being such a racehorse in the stall trying to go and just enjoy the way. And living in the kingdom of heaven is hearing and doing, denying yourself, but it's along the way denying yourself with people. You know, it might be your right in the cleaners to 
to get really irritated that they're taking too long and they're talking to each other and you are the client and they should be paying attention to you. And um, I always have a cleaner story. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I don't know why. And I don't really even have problems at our cleaners. It's just something that my mind goes to. Bad cleaners, I guess. I don't know. But um, anywhere, anywhere, you might have a right as the customer to go, hey, you know what? I'm in a hurry and you all need to get it together and you could actually, or what we do is we don't say that. We're just kind of, hmm, yeah, hmm. You know, we don't reach out to them. Well, as Christians, we're supposed to be caring about everybody along the way. And once you really get to know God, it's a pretty simple thing that you realize is God really puts the emphasis on people. God cares about people, all people, all the time. More than accomplishments, even. And that's what Corey Tim Boom realizes. It wasn't that she was going to go do this big accomplishment and speak to this crowd. She, she made it there eventually in God's timing. But it was all those people along the way. So I'm just encouraging you, don't miss all those people along the way. As you hear and do, as you deny yourself, um, your time schedule might be a little bit different. You might get less done in one day, but have your head hit the pillow with more satisfaction than checking off your whole list and realizing, I didn't have one meaningful conversation with anybody, you know? And, and ask God, you know, what can I do? And it's surprising what God will, will say. You know, you'll have your heart go out to somebody and all of a sudden God will say, offer this or do this or give that or say this. And then you get really into the kingdom of heaven and life is exciting. See, when you're in control, it's, it's, the excitement wears off because you run out of ideas and you run out of, you know, all of your little creative things that you were going to do to make your life exciting. Once you, in some people, once you've seen it all, once you've done it all, I, I'm not one of those people, but I'm just saying, where, what do you do? And God says, just give me your schedule and give me you every day. You know, I'm even doing this talk this way, by the way. <laughs> you know, it's just on the way what we learn and on the way what we do. And how we love. And, you know, I don't think God is even going to say, I know he's not going to say, your theology and your dogma, right on, right on, high five. He's not going to say that. He's going to say, did you love? Did you love? Because there are so many people that we inside feel like we're better than or they don't know what we know or they look ridiculous, but if they're loving in Jesus' name and we're just judging in our name, did you love? To deny ourselves, we have to die to self. John 12, 25, and 26 says, The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. And I think about that often. If you, if you lose your life, you get to keep it. And you have this eternal life that, that doesn't start when you die, but starts now. And it's just really exciting because you realize, I've given my schedule to God. I, I, I'm just loving people along the way. And then he starts this kind of, 
he's got this kind of, I was going to say mojo, but that's not probably the right word. I, I've been hanging out with my daughter way too much. Um, <laughs> all these funny things that they say. I took some six-year-olds in kindergarten to a farm with their class. It was like a little sweet little farm outside of SeaWorld, and they had baby everything, baby pigs and chickens, and they had llamas, and they had ponies, and they had, I mean, they had everything. The beautiful peacock in, in full array, and I looked at the children, and I said, if that peacock could talk, what would it say? And one little boy who has an older brother and an older sister turned around and said, it would say, I'm a fashionista. I was like, okay, <laughs> wow, all righty then. He's a cutie, though. So I guess mojo is not the right word. Jesus has this sort of, it's like when you get into this jive with him, you don't want out. Because it's so different than you're planning your own schedule. The loneliness is gone. The, the weariness is gone. The, it's, what's he going to do next, you know? And, and it's fun. It really is fun. And what's so wild about it is that you realize Matthew 6, is true. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added. When I do that, it's like all the other things that I needed to get done that I was even dreading to do, they just happen. And they're easier than if I would have tried to plow through them. And so I would say just instead of going through your day with just kind of weariness and I made it one more day, those days that are filled with God's direction and loving people along the way, that's really what life is about. And those are days of of joy. That's living in the kingdom of heaven. So I was going to ask you all a question, and everyone, since we have a smaller group, we'll have time for everyone to individually answer, when is the last time you denied yourself? Y'all know I'm joking. You know, there's times to be assertive, obviously. Denying yourself doesn't mean that all of a sudden you are a doormat. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean all of a sudden you have to lower your voice and act like you don't know anything. And That's not what we're talking about. I mean, Jesus asserted himself when he had righteous anger against people selling and, and, and bartering and, and turning the house of God into just a place of um, just craziness. And he got out a whip. And that's, that's, that's kind of assertive, don't you think? And so God isn't saying don't be assertive, but he's saying deny yourself. Allow him to shine, and, and it doesn't matter really what you look like. And then when you do it, it becomes interesting and fun. I, I don't know, this may not be some super great example, but I remember when I was running Campus Life years ago, and, and they hadn't had one at, at Alma Heights in, in years and years, and and so um, we were first trying to get it started, and I had permission to have the kids hand out flyers. And the kids helped me make the flyers and run off the flyers. And so I think one of the flyers, I can't remember what was misspelled, but something was misspelled. And, you know, a lot of the teachers and different people didn't appreciate Christian flyers in the school. They didn't appreciate there being a Christian club and they were too intellectual for it and you know that was kind of archaic and whatever and so um, I had a particular English teacher 
circle a misspelled word on the flyer and put it outside on her door was like a note, you know, like an arrow, like this is not how you spell da 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 da. And the kids told me about it. And I thought, at first I was just, you know, first what happened? Self, right? Self. It's all about me, all about me. And so at first I was like personally kind of hurt because I thought, you know, why is she trying to belittle what I'm doing? That is so not nice. I thought maybe I should go talk to her. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm, I'm dead. I mean, I, this is all about Jesus and what would glorify him. And I've prayed and prayed that this would be a glory to him. I prayed over those flyers. And then I realized she taped it on her door. And so every week I made sure that at least one word on the flyer <laughs> was misspelled. And after a while she, she got it, so she stopped doing that. But I just realized, you know, God is funny. And when we get to a place where we're like, you know, I don't care if people think I'm a good speller or not. If she's going to tape that Christian flyer meeting on the door, a lot more kids are going to see it than if it's just floating around the school and I just realized, oh, uh-huh, I can just misspell a word. And, you know, we've we got to get, when we finally get our eyes off of self and we start denying ourselves, it, it can be so much fun. And, and then you can't be offended because you're dead. It's all about Jesus and not about you. And, and then you don't go home so often from places and go, you think so-and-so thought that I said so-and-so? You know, women do it more than men, I have to admit. But I said such-and-such such to so-and-so, and I'm not sure now. I think they may have thought I said such-and-such, such, but really I meant so-and-so. Do you think I should call them and say I meant so-and-so and not such-and-such? Such? And Lacey's just like, Kathleen, people know that you don't have an intention of hurting them. So, And, and you know what? When we start just loving Jesus and loving people, we can just kind of step back and go, you know, if someone doesn't like me, then that's kind of sad for them because I'm a good friend. My daughter did that in, in, in kindergarten. It was really good. I wish we all did that. She got home from the bus. The teacher called and said, you know, I don't know. She, she um, uh, what was it? Oh, there was a little girl that rides the bus that had been kind of, not nice to her, and the little girl was also in her class, and so the teacher called me and said, you know, she may come home first week of kindergarten, you know, kind of sad, and she came home and skipped through the front door, and so as the mother, you know, you're kind of like, you should be sad, you know, <laughs> so I had to sit her down with cookies and convince her she should be sad, and um, I just said, you know, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I had, yeah, fun. I said, well, you know, is everybody nice? And she said, no, not everybody. There's one girl that's not nice. And I said, oh, goodness. She goes, but that's so sad because I'm a good friend. In other words, that girl's really missing out, you know? And so why don't we just have that attitude of like, I, I really am going to be a loving friend, and if you don't like me, then I'm so that's sad. I'm sad. That's sad. Okay, we move on. Because we love Jesus, and we just want the best for everybody. And so... Denying ourselves can be just the most freeing thing that some people have ever done. I mean, some people, some of us who would normally, without Jesus, be so self-reflective, 
I'm not talking to anybody in particular. I'm trying to scan the room really quickly because some of you are looking at me like, no. <laughs> you know, but I, I mean, I would. Without Jesus, I would have, I would just, I would be frozen almost. You get kind of frozen where it's like, if I do this, it looks like this, and if I do that. But with Jesus, you can just have freedom. You can just have freedom and be who you are. And I love that. Deny ourselves to follow Jesus. It always leads to blessings. Here are some uh, things that Jesus said that we need to realize are all about denying ourselves. Part of the Sermon on the Mount is, is so much about self-denial. And we'll talk about it just a little bit. Matthew 5.5, 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek. And then look at this blessing, for they will inherit the earth. I mean, meek doesn't mean like people who talk so soft you can't hear them, you know, those people. And then if you ask them, if you say what, they talk softer. You're like, what? And they're like, well, that's not what meek means. Meek means humility, being humble. Blessed are the meek, those that are humble, those that don't think they're better than others. They're not haughty. They humble themselves before God. They're, they're constantly learning because they don't know it all. Blessed are the meek because they will inherit the earth. Matthew 5, 7 says, Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. I mean, seriously, you all, sometimes you don't want to show someone mercy if nothing else moves you. Then show them mercy simply because someday you're going to need it, your children are going to need it, your grandchildren are going to need it, and what you sow, you reap. I want to sow a lot of mercy because my kids are going to need it and I'm going to need it, but most likely my kids are going to need it. I'm just joking. But, and I need it all the time. And, and sometimes we don't even know when someone's given us mercy. And that's the best kind of mercy to give someone anyway. It's not really mercy when you let someone know how badly they messed up and then you go, but I'm going to give you forgiveness and mercy. And they're like blown away, you know. Why don't we just not say anything unless we have to and just give mercy? Just give mercy. And it's undeserved, you know. Mercy's not deserved. Mercy from God that we received and having the free gift of salvation from Jesus Christ and having the Holy Spirit come and live inside us and, and love us, none of that is deserved. And, and mercy is not receiving what we should receive. In other words, the punishment that we should receive, we don't. That's mercy. And we need to give that to other people. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they would be called sons of of God. I love that. A peacemaker. Think about it. A peacemaker. And it's not just some sort of out in the distance like peacemaker. Gosh, what is that really? In your family, be the peacemaker. You know, we all know different ways where we can stir the pot or we can um, kind of get things going, you know. Maybe it's been a boring week and we can kind of just do a little something and get all these things going. And, you know, maybe our old self likes that, you know. I mean, I, I like kind of peace and quiet. And there is one individual in my family, and that person's changed a lot. But that person, 
used to love chaos, and so they would like just like get the dog going and get the baby going, and everybody's crying, and they just kind of, do you know what I'm saying? We need to be peacemakers, not just in um, our families even, in the office. We need to be peacemakers in our marriage. If you want to be a son or daughter of God, be the first in your marriage to say, I'm sorry. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are sons of God, daughters of God. You know, we're all God's children. Isn't that interesting? But Jesus differentiates children from sons and daughters. It's like sons and daughters are the ones that begin to inherit the promises of God. Really. If you want to inherit all the promises of God, you don't stay a child where you have to be spoon-fed and you don't really do what you're told to do and you never really grow up. And that's the way a lot of Christians look really spiritually. We look like 18-year-olds or 25-year-olds that are in a high chair banging our little fork and little spoon on the table and going, I want it now. I want it now. You know, instead of saying, I, I don't, I'm, my focus is off myself. I know God has the right timing for me. I need to pray for others. I need to, to sow the seed um, of my own need. Whatever I need, I'm going to go out and sow that seed. I'm going to believe God to help me as I might be the answer to someone else. Matthew 5.10, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That can happen here. You can be persecuted because of righteousness. It doesn't happen as much in this country as it does in others. But yes, you can. And, and we know ways of like with certain crowds or certain people um, to not really assert that we're Christians. We know ways of kind of hedging around um, hedging around that. And, and we need to just step out and be who we are and say, yes, I, I'm, I am belong, I belong to Jesus and I love Jesus and I hope you know him someday, but I, I actually told someone that I know in my life right now, and I just said, he loves you, and I know you're going to know him, and this person's like, ugh. But I didn't hedge around it and go, you know, everybody's good. Let's go, let's talk about something else, you know. So if we aren't salt, what good is it? It's trampled underfoot. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be the light on the hill. We're supposed to be speaking the truth and, and putting down our own reputation to care more about Jesus' reputation, to care more about him. Matthew 5.11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You know, I, sometimes I think, you know, I really could kind of, uh, maybe I don't need that blessing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I don't, you know, I would like the peacemaker one and the meek one and the merciful one, but I don't want the people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of things about you. I don't like that one. I've had it, but I don't like it. And it doesn't happen often, but it has happened, um, especially when groups don't realize that I'm a Christian speaker. I'm not just an inspirational, anything-goes speaker, and they don't like it. And so that is something that Jesus says we also have to deny ourselves in that and, and care more about him. 
Matthew 5.12, Rejoice and be glad when that happens to you because great is your reward in heaven. Do you know that you have a great reward in heaven? When you step out and you really are who God says you should be and you really aren't just um, holding back and, and not really proclaiming that you're a Christian and, and trying to have other people come into the kingdom of God, how sad it might be for people that you love to not really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God because they realize, well, that's what you believe, but if you really believe that, you would be over at my house trying to get me to receive Jesus and explaining Jesus to me because you wouldn't want me to go to hell, would you? So it just becomes this, yeah, 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 whatever. Because we don't really put ourselves out there. None of us want our friends to be divided from Jesus. None of us do. And yet, why don't we put it out there? And I'm not saying without the Holy Spirit. We have to be Holy Spirit directed. But why don't we say every day, you know, God... Whoever you want me to share Jesus with, just I, I will. I'm ready. I'm uh, train me. If I'm not ready, train me. Show me what scriptures to learn. Um, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's in Romans. Okay, that's a good one. Let me know that one. I, I really believe that you are the Son of God, and I really believe that God is love, and that anyone hasn't received the Son is going to be separated from God. If I really believe that, then aren't I going to actively be pursuing the people that God has put along the way in my life? Why don't we? Because we don't want them mad at us. And we don't want to be labeled a radical. We don't want our reputation marred. Because we have put ourselves before God, we have all of us in a lot of ways. The Holy Spirit does amazing things when we're just out there. I, I um, said that prayer so many times and I cannot even tell you how many people have prayed to receive Jesus Christ that if I told you who they were and what they were doing and, and all of that, you would say, leave them alone because they're going to get mad at you. Don't say anything. And I remember one person on her cell phone, this is probably about, gosh, 10, 10 11 years ago, and she was talking about her ex-husband and all this stuff, and the Holy Spirit just said, you just say, so-and-so, you are ready to receive Jesus. And I was like, oh, what? You know, and, and so I heard it again. So-and-so, you just say, so-and-so, you're ready to see Jesus. I said, so-and-so, you're ready to see Jesus. She said, what? I said, what? And she, she was like, okay, what, what? And I said, well, yeah. And I told her that and she, what it was. And she just served him with her whole heart. I mean, just gung-ho. And I thought, you know, who would have thought over a cell phone talking about an ex-husband that someone would receive Jesus and become just an amazing, amazing representative for him. Someone totally in love with him. Someone who's really given her life and now her children and, and just the, the ripple goes on. But she was just along the way. She was just someone I knew. She was just, you know, someone I went to high school with. So don't say anything because they might think that you're kind of crazy. Who... 
is along the way that you need to deny yourself. And I'm not saying go out there without the Holy Spirit and go, okay, we're just, I'm going to get on the cell phone with them and I'm going to say, John, you need Jesus and that should work. Well, that's not going to work, you know, because there is no formula with God because everything's a relationship. That's why it's so exciting. There is no formula. We have to hear him for ourselves, but we just have to be willing. Hearing and doing and living in the kingdom of heaven is denying yourself. And you know what? We need to practice in the small things. We think about these big things about denying ourselves, and yes, I would love it if you all would all pray. You know, who in my life does not know the Lord? And, and then just say, God, I'm willing. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if there will ever be a time, but I am willing. If you set up the moment, I'm willing. And you're probably the best representative because you're a sinner too, and they know that, and that's good. Because they think, well, gosh, you know, if so-and-so can make it in, I guess I can too, you know. It doesn't have to be that you're spotless. Then why would we need Jesus, you know? So we know to do that. But what about denying yourself just in general? Practice on the small things. When we were little, I was the oldest of, of three girls. And my youngest sister, Meg, she's six years younger than I am. And um, she, she was just here, and she has three kids, and she's a mom. And sometimes it just weirds me out because I was kind of like a little mom to her. And now she's this awesome mom. And Anyway, but when we were growing up, Leslie and I, Leslie is a year younger than me. We're kind of Irish twins, but anyway. Um, is that bad to say? That's bad. Okay. Um, but then there's Meg, six years younger than me, five years younger than Leslie. And so whenever we'd all be given something, especially if it was just a little bit different, like here's three Easter bunny candies, and my grandmother would try to make them a little bit different. You know, one has a yellow tie, one has blue, and whatever it was, if there was like a bigger piece, Meg, Meg would seemingly always get some kind of a better piece. And so Leslie and I took turns convincing her that she really didn't have a good piece so that we could get her piece. We did this all the time. One of us did it more than the other, but I'm not going to say. Love covers all. And we would always <laughs> convince her. We'd be like, you know, Meg, that piece kind of has a crack in it. Do you want my piece, sweetie? Because that is not a good piece. And I mean, we were little. I mean, come on. We weren't. This was not last year. <laughs> but um, we would just convince her. And then even later on, you know, oh, Meg, you know that, whatever it was. But we asserted ourselves in the, to the point of putting ourselves first. And you know what? We're raised to do that in a way. Not by our parents, but just that sin nature in us is, how can I get the better piece? You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever looked at a pizza and you're really hungry and then they finally open it up? And do you, like, think, okay, how can I dole this out to everybody? I don't. I look at it and I'm like, oh, what's the best piece? And then sometimes I even pray, don't get the piece, don't get the piece, don't get the piece, don't get the piece. <laughs> do y'all not do that? <laughs> okay, y'all are so holy. I've done it before, especially when I'm the one that ordered the pizza and I'm really hungry and, you know, and I see that it's usually like with that vegetable pizza and there's a one with all the vegetables on it. And anyway, we need to practice in the small things. Think about the things that you do that you assert yourself. 
that you don't think about others, that you don't put others first, that you aren't thinking about the people along the way, but you're thinking about what you need to do and what they should be doing for you. Maybe you have a hobby and there's people along the way that, that are involved in that hobby and they, they don't, how do you know if they know the Lord or not? I mean, why are they in your life? Why are they in your path? Why are we on this earth? We're here to glorify God. We're not here to try to have the best life possible. And then ironically, when we begin to glorify God and care more about Him and His plan, we have the best life possible. It's hard to offend us when our whole focus is loving you. We don't care. I mean, you just get to that point where it's all about Jesus and it's exciting. It's John 10, 10 life that Jesus came that we might have life and life abundant. And that's the kind of life that he wants us to have. You can have it your way, you can have it his way, but your way is probably not working. You're probably not content. You're probably not excited. And you can also do half and half, and then you realize, gosh, his way is so much better. Why don't I do that all the time? Just hear and do. And this whole week, I want you to think about denying yourself. Especially during Fiesta, you need to seriously deny yourself. Everybody thinks about food and liquids, but practice in the small things. What about parking spaces? And, and I'm about to let you go, but you know, L- Lacey will, will be waiting for a parking space, and, and you know how there's always that car, and you're waiting, you have your blinker on, and you've been waiting and waiting, there's always that car that acts like they don't see that you've been waiting. And then they, they kind of come, and sometimes it's like an, an older lady, and they, they're, I'm thinking, gosh, they've got some gump in them, you know? They're really, that's not a word, but you know that oomph kind of, hmm. And, um, and I will get kind of like, oh, my goodness, you know? And I'll look at Lacey, and I'm like, can you believe her? And he'll be like, you know what, let her have it. She may need to, she may not be able to walk that far or whatever. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding you know, I mean, she's going to be like tearing up Saks Fifth Avenue. <laughs> but that's just this attitude of we'll, we'll get a better place or we'll be fine or whatever. And it's denying yourself. What about going, hey, you know what, have the parking place. That's fine. I'm not going to get in a tiff with you. But we do that same thing. I'm going to pretend like I don't see you if you're going to pretend like you don't see me. I'm going to pretend like you don't see you. And then we're like, the car's backing up, and we're like, back up the right way, back up the right way, back up the right way so that I can get in, I want to get in, I want to get in. And we have a look on our face like, I don't see anybody, I don't see anybody, I don't see anybody, I don't see anybody. And it's like this, like, we're sweating, and they're sweating, and we're just, and both of us have, you know, Christian bumper stickers. And the person backing out is like, oh, my gosh, you know, they can't get out, you know, because both, we're going closer, closer, closer. Just give them the spot, you know, and see what happens. You might run into them. They might go, thanks. Or you might see them and recognize them, and then they realize, wow, you know what? That person just, Dominic just gave me that spot. Golly, that's so nice. It's nothing. It's nothing. They don't realize that you were just like, oh, God, please let me have the spot. See, we're not all that holy. We need to be more loving. Jesus, I just thank you for truth and joy and 
laughing. And I just pray you, Father, that we can live in the kingdom of heaven even while on this earth. And I just ask you that you would have each of us right now just submit our schedules, our plans to you. And knowing you have an incredible plan for today, and we can live into it or we can take control and, and have our own day. Father, I pray that every day we want to lean into you, live into you, and live in the kingdom of heaven. Hear and do, hear and do, hear and do. And Lord, deny ourselves and get our eyes off of what we need to do next and on the people that are along the way. Who is along the way that needs you? Who's along the way that needs help? Who's along the way? Maybe someone along the way has done us wrong and you keep bringing them to our hearts and we've forgiven them, but you might want us to send them something, um, a gift. Lord, that's mercy. We just thank you for this exciting, wonderful day. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your great love over us. And I just proclaim joy in each person's heart, no matter their circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen.